Dr. Banner. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry. Hello and welcome to episode 116 of The Usual Podcast. A podcast we discuss Star Wars The Old Republic, the Star Wars franchise, and geek and pop culture. I'm your host, Marshall, and with me is my co-host, Will. How you doing, buddy? How you doing? Hi, everybody. How's everybody doing this fine evening? Did it sound like I was enduring him? Because I, I am enduring him. But it's okay. Uh, and we're just sitting here enjoying our usual frosty beverages. What you drinking, my friend? Um, actually, with dinner, I had a really nice Hogarden Belgian White. Um, so that was very good. Um, and right now I'm uh, partaking in a uh, crisp Diet Pepsi. Crisp? So, <laughs> Sorry. So fresh and so clean, clean? No, 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 no. Uh, and I am drinking um, and sharing with a friend of mine who is off mic, um, who happens to be in the room. Um, an old time, if you are a long, 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 long time listener of both the flip side and the usual podcast well, you I, think may, it, I think it's or, impossible to be a long time listener of the flip side <laughs> oh that's cool i wasn't I doing totally a long drawn out intro and that's fine um my friend tim is in the room uh hanging out drinking a beer with me and we're drinking ballast point sculpin ipa my friend cheers welcome sculpin welcome tim uh he's here in the background we've been hanging out and um he's gonna be here for a bit and then he's gonna leave and that's going to be fine. But, well, I'll talk about that later. I was going to talk about the Star Wars thing. Later. I know. I, I'm just jumping the thing. But anyway, before we get started, if you have comments or questions, you can find us at theusualpodcast.com. Email us at theusualpodcast at gmail.com. And we're on Facebook, Google+, Pinterest, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube. I am at Darth Pops on Twitter. And Will is at I am Will Griggs. When you see us on the, uh, you know, iTunes and the Google Play and all the places, you know, give us five stars or positive ratings or just give us something it's been a hard time it's it's been, been a dr- it's been a drought if you will a drought we we have a dearth of stars anyway um but when you see us on the social medias and a lot of you do this you we treat it we retweet us and share us and all that and it's great uh and we do have the timestamps in the show notes if you're not a sortor fan we don't have a ton of sortor this week because as of right now, I think the, the servers just came up. They just actually sent out a tweet about five <laughs> minutes ago. They came up in Europe. Um, and no, I think they said they're holding off in Europe. Now they're, they're shutting they Europe the back down and they're holding off in North America. Oh, for God's sake. Okay. So we are in the midst of one of the biggest and longest maintenance updates, um, in Sorter history. So we'll, we'll get to that here in a bit. Well, it's because they're moving servers. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just burying the lead, my friend. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, you know, look, if you're here in the chat, thank you. We got Skeen, we got Steve, we got some people. So thanks for joining us and uh, chime in whenever you'd like. And um, we'll watch it the best we can. I'm not good at that. Yes, sir. I'm not actually seeing how many people are, are viewing us. And I think you're having more technical problems than you're letting on, but I'm about to switch into Slow Tour. Oh, you do not. Do you not understand? against me. Instead, I will share all of this with you, if you will only kneel. Yeah, thanks, Gian. Yeah, you could see us, but it was repeating because I refreshed it, and then the thing went down. It was a whole thing. It's Will's fault. It's not my fault. Although now I can see how many people are watching us. There was an issue with Twitch. I love you, Marshall. Yeah. All right, so anyway, man, uh, we're in the Star Wars The Old Republic section of the show. We don't have a whole lot because 
there's a whole lot going on in the community that we're going to hear probably for next week. But uh, let's talk about what we did in game this week, my friend. It was a huge, huge event over the weekend. What did you it was, do? Uh, we all got together on Saturday um, around the globe, if you will, and uh, played uh, Extra Life, took part in Extra Life, which is the annual fundraiser to raise money for Children's, uh, children's Miracle Networks. Children, yeah, Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. Um, everybody was able to kind of allocate where their money went, but, uh, all the teams, uh, the idea behind it was to raise as much money as possible. Uh, some people did 12 hour marathons, some people did 24 hour marathons. Those are what we used to do, but we're the, too old now. Well, we're, we're all too old. But what we do now is we kind of split up as a guild. We do an event earlier in the year and we do a six hour marathon. And then over the sat, over this last Saturday, we did a 12 hour marathon. I streamed every, all the time I was on, it was broken up. I had some issues uh, here and there, but I have like uh, a th- almost two, almost four hour streams up on, on the Twitch channel. So definitely check that out. Nice. How much money did you end up raising? Um, I raised a good amount, man. And I was pretty stoked about it. My goal is always very, you know, a modest goal of a hundred bucks because I'll send out, I'll send out emails, I'll send out tweets and I'll hit people up on Facebook, but then, you know, I'll raise like, you know, 15 bucks. But the, today or this, Maybe it's because I wait till the last minute, but on Friday before I was like, shoot, I haven't hit up any family or friends or anything. Let me, let me just spam everybody. So what I did was I, I, uh, I emailed a bunch of family and friends and then I put up on Facebook and then on Twitter and I was actually pretty stoked. I raised my modest goal of a hundred dollars. I'm, I raised almost 250 bucks. Wow, that's really good. I I usually uh, also set a goal of a hundred dollars, and I usually hit about five to ten. Um, but this year was the first year I actually didn't send an email out to my family. Okay. Um, just it the it got away from me, and I ended up raising forty five. Um, no more more than that. I made forty five. No, 20, that's about right. No, twenty five, and then twenty from them. I did ten, fifty five. Fifty five. Nice. So I did fifty five. Um, so, you know, hey, half my goal, which is the best I've done so far, but, you know, the guild as a whole did much better. No, for sure. And the guild as a whole, uh, the goal was $2,000. Um, and I think one of my last donations, not to toot my own horn, actually put us over the $3,000 mark. Yeah, we, we hit the 2000 mark early. Yeah. And so before we started, we were halfway to our goal. Um, and right now we're well over 3000 Last I checked, we're close to 3200 Nice. And, and like Marshall said, we all get to choose which hospitals they go to. I personally chose the Seattle Children's Hospital just because, uh, um, my family has had personal issue with the uh, stuff going there. So, um, that's the one I chose. And it was a cool event overall. So we did a whole series of things. We did some Datacron runs. We did, um, and it wasn't really a, a Datacron run. It was more like, uh, and the cool thing about our guild is people will plant tunes at different spots. Right. And then we all swoop in and do that and get achievements for people and basically just um, do parts of the game that a lot of us don't have time to do, uh, which was pretty cool. Exactly. My The two uh, events that I like most was the Like a Voss event <laughs> where uh, we killed 21 champions on uh, Planet of Voss. Um, but I actually won my first event at any of these Extra Life things. I won the Hide and Seek event. Oh where God. somebody hid themselves somewhere on Tatooine, and I found them in the middle of the Dune Sea. Yeah, it was Mox hiding himself, and I thought I was close at some point because of something he said, but uh, bottom line is, uh, so we had those events, uh, Will won that event, I'm going to just try to gloss right over that. I got a free uh, month of sub time. Oh, great, good for you. Anything else you want to say about your winning? 
Just kidding. I won. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, and then the other thing that was, uh, probably the, I think the highlight of the whole thing was Sorter Wood Squares. Mm-hmm. And, um, I got a lot of flack during that event and I love all my guildies, but I also hate them at the same time. Uh, but that was a really fun event. We had, um, Eric Musco in the middle square. Yep. Uh, and a bunch of other podcasters were around the squares and we told jokes. We answered questions. And, um, I think that was probably the largest viewership most of us had. Yeah. At the time until the very end when I started getting hosted by random people towards the end. It was because they were all getting tired. Yeah. They were all done. And like when I know when Kid Lee stopped his stream, he started hosting mine and all of a sudden I had like 20 something people and I'm like, but I'm almost done. And I was, I was so tired. Did you fall asleep and die in a No, I didn't fall asleep. I didn't fall asleep, but it was, I was fucking, I was very, very tired. But, um, Sword Wars Squares was, that was a lot of fun. Was definitely a highlight for sure. Um, so if, I'm sure somebody will break it up and put it up online for that section of it. But, um, yeah, but, um, I, I know on my Twitch stream, I've got, I've got that moment up, um, amongst others, but, uh, it was, it was, it was a ton of fun. And I was, Really stoked that Musco took the time to do that. It wasn't a Absolutely. whole lot of time. It was like maybe an hour, hour and a half at the very most. Right. Um, once we got going, but it was, it was cool to see a dev come in and, and kind of do that. So absolutely fun. definitely somebody part of the team that, that comes in and, uh, yeah, and shows how much they're actually putting in behind the, the influencer program. Yeah, for sure. Anything else you want to say about extra life, dude? No, it just, uh, you know, it, it just because extra life day is over doesn't mean you can stop, yeah. have to stop giving, go to, uh, um, unholyalliance.org uh, yep. and uh, there's a link right on the front page to go to our team page and we're still raising money for children's hospital yeah and and that's ongoing until the end of the year so you have plenty of time to do that um and there are links uh on, in the show notes for that for sure and um i mean we ended up doing an operation we did ev we did a whole i mean there were so many things that we did during those 12 hours like half of it i don't even remember but that might have been because i was drinking the whole time but that's bit. Neither here nor there, but I made it the whole twelve hours. Yeah, I didn't. I fell asleep about hour ten. Yeah, and I, I was literally falling 10? asleep. That's generous. Nine and a half. <laughs> I hate you. Just kidding, dude. But I started the day with mimosas and and uh, and donuts and just kind of kept going. You just kept going. I, you You're know, champ. I I'm better man than you. Well, you're half the man I am. Are you? Ta- is that a height joke? Yes. Cool. Among other things. Oh. You're lucky there's a guest here. All right. So um <laughs> if you have nothing else to say about uh, Extra Life, let's get into the Oh, I the do dev I have track. one more thing to say. Yep. Please do. I'm a winner. All right. So on chat room, this is me taking deep breaths. Thank you for being here. Sorry you have to witness this. All right. So maintenance, October 31st. So we did have a patch. We did actually have a patch on um on Halloween. And the cool thing about this particular patch is this was they were talking about how they were going to up uh, CXP rewards um, through some of the things that we've all been doing. Hope, you know, especially when they bumped it up during the right. bug. Right. Yes, absolutely. So now the Iocath, Oricon, Makev, Yavin 4, uh, Black Hole, Section X, CZ198 and Ziocat, Zios, excuse me, are all they their CXP rewards have been upped. And that is for the weekly missions. So. I don't know if the actual dailies have been upped, but the weeklies no, have been up, which, sure, is, which yeah, is which is which is pretty sure nice. The, yeah, that's the big thing because that's what you know you go and do anyways. Well, it's, it sucks. Like you do all these quests, and then at the when you get to the end, all of a sudden it's like, oh, here's a hundred CXP, and it's exactly. like that's crap. 
So, um, and the conquest reset now happens six hours later than it did previously. And the new reset time is 6 p.m. I don't know how, who that affects or what that means, but, um, it doesn't actually, and it's something that came up while we were doing extra life was the 18 hour deal with con, uh, with which side is winning in DVL. Right. They haven't addressed that yet. <laughs> just throwing that out there. All right. Oh, that was the other thing. The first thing I, I that was the first time I'd ever uh, taken part in a uh, attack of a uh, DVL uh, NPC. Oh, the DVL boss. Yeah, we. Yeah, I'd never done it either. Actually, that was kind of cool. It was kind of. I cool. never actually seen one. I uh, because my lag on my my rig is a little bit more than yours. I uh, was able to get in a couple shots at the end that I at least saw. You saw it. Yeah, that's important. Um, all right, man. So one of the things that's coming along with some of the updates is, uh, utility changes. And, um, I'm just put a link in the show notes for it. I'm not going to run through it all. They've been talking about what they're doing with 5.6, which isn't here yet, but there's, uh, utility changes coming with that. Uh, <laughs> so as you know, we're, we're, what's, what's it called? Um, United Forces. Yes. Is that it? Uh, so United Forces is coming up and that is happening literally right now. And it's probably already up. Now that we're recording this, obviously, by the time you hear this, it's been up. Yeah, there was a tweet about 15 minutes before we, we started recording, though, that said they were holding off on the European and North America server. So. Yeah, so there's some issues. We're, we're seeing how it shakes out, but um, we're not doing a play-by-play here. We're recording something that you're going to listen to like five days from now. So, that said, um, one of the things that uh, they're looking for feedback on and I actually thought was kind of cool is in-game items you want to return to the game. So over time, this is Eric Musco. We've received a, quite a few reports from players um, of items that used to be available in game that no longer are. We don't mean cartel items, but items that used to be available on vendors or from drops, etc. Right, yeah. And they're doing planning around some mission rewards coming up and thought this might be a good opportunity to try to get some of those forgotten items back. So what they're looking for in this thread, and I have a link in the show notes, is basically some in-game items that are no longer available that you'd like to see come back, like mounts, mini pets, strongholds, decorations, etc. So definitely jump in there. Any suggestions you have, go for it. Uh, which it, which it, I think is pretty cool. They're making a concerted effort to kind of bring some of the stuff back that has been gone for a while. Yeah, how about all the stuff from the uh, the uh, Galactic Hunt? The, uh, what was it? The, um... the DVL thing? No. The very first event that they're never bringing back. Which one? Oh, um, the one in Narshada? Yes. The one with the boxes? Yes. I don't, know, I don't remember what it's called. It was where the, uh, the, uh, the species hired you to go and get stuff. Yeah, no, I remember. Not the Gree, but it was the, right. um, I know what you're talking about. Thank you. And we're going to get flack for that, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, we are. I'll probably cut that old part out. I hate you. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Uh, all right. So we have another maintenance, which was today. Uh, us recording this, um, maintenance started at 3 a.m. our time, roughly. Yeah. 3 a.m. our time, something like that. But the bottom line is, um, that's the big 12 hour maintenance. They're moving the servers over. Um, and they're basically, and a lot of people were kind of freaking out. And I'm going to kind of bridge this with the next thing here, which is prudent players were like, well, I'm going to dump my, you know, legacy banks. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do that. And it's like, just calm down. Like, chill. if there's an issue, the issue is going to come up. But the idea behind this is not that it's a server transfer. It's not like I'm taking my tune and putting it on another server. It's 
they're just relocating all of our tunes onto a different server. Yeah. So we don't like have to take different physical computer. Yeah, so we don't server. have to take the same precautions as we would. Like I, if I have stuff on the GTN, it should still be there, et cetera. Right. right? So, uh, we have 5.1, 5.5.1 patch notes came out today. Uh, and United Forces is now live, obviously, is what they're saying. Um, and there's five servers expanding or connection, et cetera. Um, uh, don't forget if you log in between, um, today and the 27th, you get the mini mogul NM, uh, one pet and it's delivered to all your eligible players. And then also we get the darks, Darth Hexid, uh, companion as well, nice. which was the, uh, DVL thing. So. Yes, and uh, of course we'd like to thank Skeen for jumping in and let us know the Grand Acquisition Race. Oh, thank you. Yes, I, I thought that was just the best name for a deal. Yeah, well, the frustrating thing for me is... is I had chat down, by the way. Otherwise, I would have done. I would have said it. Yeah, whatever. Um, I would just like to say that that was the, uh, the one event that I was actually not able to play because that oh, was right. the one month that I was n- not a subscriber. Right. So, Grand Acquisition acquisitions race i uh, would love to see that come back uh but just the stuff that came with it i think is important uh so let's see so going back to 5.5.1 uh which is coming up as we speak uh default character slots per server has been changed for all players uh you get uh free to play now has four characters per server prefer 12 and subscriber 24 and those are up from 2 6 and 12 um all legacy family trees have been reset so you're going to have to figure out who's related to who yeah, honestly, that I, since the last time I've I reset, I haven't redone I it. I cannot even think about the last time I looked at that. Uh, maximum amount of character slots a player can have uh, via p- paid slot unlocks has been increased to 100 up from 52. So that's a big deal. And I think that makes sense because people are going to be merging all their servers yes. or all their legacies and all that. Um, and if you have multiple legacies combined, um, will cause the player's legacy storage to become full. There's access to a legacy storage overflow stash, which I think is cool. And this interface can have items removed from it, but none can be placed inside it. Right, because it's just a temporary stopgap until you can clean out your stuff. Exactly. Uh, let's see. Players may now uh, begin earnest uh, earning progress towards the United Forces Group Recon Achievement. And this requires you to complete three PVE activities through Group Finder. Okay? All right. And now you can also... Uh, it's basically the same on PvP. So, right? And which is called United Forces Warzone Recon. Makes sense, right? Yep. And reminder, please review the United Forces FAQ for any questions following today's update. Ting. Ting. Right? So, uh, we'll see what comes of this, dude. Um, what I'm excited. You... I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So, are you stoked? Yeah. I just, I like the, uh, um, you know, we're going to be getting uh, legacy credits now. And yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm honestly excited to see how, uh, the, uh, the engine itself is going to be running now on the new server because, you know, they're upgraded. So hopefully it'll be less lag time. Well, we'll see. And, and, and bottom line, honestly, is we're going to have more people on every server. Right. And so, you know, when you get in a spot or you, you queue up for something, then, then theoretically. Yeah. Hopefully it won't be like, Oh, look, I'm only one of two people on CZ198 now. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so yeah, man. I mean, overall, I'm stoked. I'm, I'm very curious to see what problems come of this. Yes. There will be some. Yeah. And, uh, but honestly, it's, it's going to be good either way. I think once it all shakes out and 
a lot of a lot of us are coming together, which I like. Um, people Come together. I know, and people that we have been friends with on other servers that may not have run with us because they're on other servers may right. be with us now. So that's kind of nice. I'm excited. Yeah, like maybe. Uh, oh, are we going to be on the same server, Shaq and Brian? Now, no, Shadowlands is going to. Uh, I don't. I don't. I have to look. Uh, Shadowlands, for some reason, I think is going to the other one, but I don't know. Well, all the North American servers should be together, though. There's two different North American servers, I think. No, remember they said they were just going to the east. I don't know. Star Force, yeah. So uh, Shadowlands is Shadowlands. Um, yeah, Shadowlands is going to go to Star Force, right, and, and we're, we're going to be on Satil Shadow. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here we are. All right. Is that enough for Swiffer? Are you sad? I am because I it was cool seeing Brian uh, in. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun playing with him on Switchboard Squares. Honestly, uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, no, there's it was. Uh, I thought it was hilarious that uh, there was one question that was being asked and it had to do with digging, and freaking Brian <laughs> in the back row was pulling out. His oh yeah, and he had the, the shovel. Yeah. That was pretty cool. That was funny. Yeah, that was good. All right, man. So should we get to Star Wars? Yes. I was raised to do one thing. But I've got nothing to fight for. Nothing will stand in our way. I will finish what you started. Oh, I should have spent that time uh, setting up the 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 first part you think maybe jeez marshall what am i gonna do with you i'm in for a new uh yeah i yeah um Mm. well said all right so what we're gonna do now is (laughs) uh so at the top of the star wars show uh what we decided to do this section of the show honestly is just to do the jedi awake 45 second deal um, and so I don't know if any of you have seen this. We've had that picture in the show notes and the show outline. Well, not even the outline. Have you seen Luke if you're watching Twitch, in, you've oh, seen it. Seeing Luke. In yeah, the, this is uh, going to be sick. So the cockpit. Give me a second to get this up here. <laughs> That's what she said. Oh, that. All right. So uh, if you haven't seen this yet, if you're trying to avoid spoilers um, for any reason, uh, I'm going to make this kind of bigger than it should be here. <laughs> uh, so if you're trying to avoid spoilers for uh, The Last Jedi, tune out for 50 seconds or so. But we're going to watch this trailer and then we're going to talk about it. So here we go. Let the past die. That's the only way to become what you were meant to be. Darkness rises, and light to meet it. I need someone to show me my place in all this. Come on! This is not going to go the way you think. All right, so so much cool stuff. I have a couple things. My main my main thing is, uh, and we had, and we've talked about this. Obviously, they've kind of misplaced where she says, "I'm looking for help," kind of thing, right? Right. Um, but 
One thing I noticed in this particular section, uh, this particular trailer, and it's just a TV spot, obviously, but when he says, this is not going to go the way you think, he's like on his back, on the ground, looking up at somebody. I honestly think that's during the flashback to the Knights of Ren. And I'm okay with that, but like, I'd like to think that maybe he's like, this is Ray doing what he did in Empire. Yeah. Right? Where he says, look, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna, I'm gonna save my friends. And what are you gonna do about little green dude? You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'd like to think that he's like, look, I've been there and this is not gonna go the way you think. Right. Uh, I don't know. I just, that just stood out to me for, 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 uh, for that particular. I thing. can see that. You know, this is probably the fourth or fifth time I've seen this. Um, the one thing I liked that I noticed this time is especially look in her picture. Yeah. When you see Luke uh, go into the cockpit of the, the Millennium Falcon, there's nobody sitting in the pilot or co-pilot seats. True. Yet when he walks in, everything turns on. Yeah. That's badass. Yeah. Right? And you know it's just him like flipping the power switch yeah. with his mind. Yeah, he's like, like, well, turn all this on. It's a little thing. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I, I like there's the Finn in the pilot seat in that moment where he said, looks over he's all, come on. Like, like his energy – like knowing his that character from The Force Awakens well, and we, that energy of just that excitement of like we're doing this, let's go. You well, know, I think that's badass. He's become a pilot. Yeah, he wasn't a pilot. He was a janitor. Yeah, and that's and and so every moment in his life must be just Epic. exhilarating. You I know, know. Well, especially now that he's pulling out a, a, a the staff against the oh against Phasma, Phasma. for sure. Jeez. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And, and again, it's a forty-five second you know TV spot, but. Uh, I, what do you think about what well, you already kind of said, but what, what do you think the context is of, of Luke walking into the Falcon at that point? Well, I think it's just him leaving, uh, Octu. Okay. With, uh, and like right. he walks in without her kind of thing. Right. Okay. All right. I just didn't know if you had any other ideas. Um, chat room, if you have any other spots, we're going to move on past this here in a second, but I'm, I'm excited about this and, um, I guess we can talk later about our theater and all the other stuff, right? I, I will like, to, and actually, this is something I just want to point out that, um, you know, the, the, all the posters and stuff are out now, right? And it just got pointed out to me by somebody on Pinterest the other day that, um, Luke is on both the dark and light side posters. When I point out to you, the IMAX one was the same. Remember, he was on both sides. Yeah. And actually, uh, during that trailer, I thought it was interesting when it said something about the light side. It was Luke's face on the screen at the time when it, like, you know what I mean? So but they're, yet he's wearing black they're, robes. they're messing with us. And, and there's been some articles out there about how, oh, he's, he's denied that he's going to be going to the dark side and stuff like that. But, you know, either way, it's, it's kind of cool to, to see that they're, they're trying to mess cool. with us a little bit. So, excuse me. All right. So another story I got in here is Dave Filoni revealed Thrawn survives past events of Rogue One. All right, I don't know what I... Okay. What do you I'm, think? I like the idea. I wish he hadn't said anything. Because now this tells us that not only does he survive past Rogue One, but he obviously survives past the events in Rebels. Uh, and that takes well, lot, right. And that takes a lot of the drama of, is he going to survive past Rebels? Well, I guess I guess that's I guess that's kind of a spoiler, too. But if you think about it the way... I didn't think about it that way. What I thought about it was, I'm thinking about Rogue One as it is, and... Past Rogue One is episode four, right? 
So that means that Thrawn is alive during episode four and maybe five, maybe six, maybe beyond. Yeah, exactly. Because then it points out, well, where was he during the events of Rogue One? And if if uh, Tarkin had become a Grand Moff by that point, well, actually, he was the first Grand Moff. Right. What was uh, Thrawn's uh, ranking? Well, and I'm going to bring up the EU here, you know, quickly, is that the EU, Thrawn just kind of came in because he's been in the Outer Reaches for so long. Right. And he was doing whatever he was supposed to be doing so far out that... He was outside of the circle of events, exactly. and then he just kind of came back into the fold, right? The void, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, does this mean? I'm gonna throw this out there. Does this mean we could see Grand Admiral Admiral Thrawn in an episode movie? I honestly don't think that's gonna happen. The chips are long lived, though. They too. are. Well, what I think it is setting it up is that uh, I think Thrawn could be a main character in whatever Filoni's next show is. That's true, and and we know there's another animated deal yes. coming, so that makes sense. Uh, any other thoughts on it? No, I, yeah, I, that's what I think it is. I don't know. I, I really want him to show up in like episode nine or something. Yeah, if anything, I don't think he'll show up in an episode one. I think yeah. he'll show up in a story. In a Star Wars story, sure. Um, all right, man. So books. Um, I didn't dive too much into this. Do you want to skip this one? I think it's pretty darn cool, but can- no, it's pretty cool. Okay, so it looks like Luke Skywalker rips Star Destroyers from the sky. In a new Star Wars novel. And that is the title of the article. Now. Right. Well, we've seen that um, Anakin was able to do that as Vader, right? No, it wasn't Anakin. This was uh, Vader's apprentice in. Oh, Star in, in Star. In, as the. Uh, in the Force Unleashed. Yes. That's video what it was. game. Yes. Right? So if, if. If Luke is doing this. Holy crap. A uh, new novel is called Legends of Luke Skywalker. Details have emerged that hints and his powers grow even stronger, despite the events in the book being told from um, a subjective and possibly exaggerated perspective. So, you know, I mean, take it with a grain right, of salt. Right, it's basically Star Wars folklore. Yeah, and which which I'm okay with that. Oh, absolutely. I think I would love by the time, which is, which is why I think Ray at some point is like, I thought it was a myth. I thought it was a myth. Right. You know what I mean? Like you hear these things and, you know, and humanity as we've gone through before written language and before print and obviously the internet and all that, all we knew was what people told us, right? Right. And this is oral culture. We're telling each other stories. And granted, it's all exaggerated and stuff. I like to think that even in a science fiction kind of world, there's still some level of oral culture going on here. You know what I mean? And so somebody's saying, okay, I heard that Luke Skywalker did this. I heard he did this. I heard he did this. I think that's kind of cool. You know what I mean? He ripped five Star Destroyers out of the sky. I want to hear from that person's perspective how that went down. I think that'd be pretty cool. So um, I'm woefully behind on Star Wars novels. So am I. I am way behind. The last one I read was um, the one where uh, was it Luke was trying to push the noodles. Oh, the noodle one. Yeah. yeah. Um, which one was that? Yeah, I read that one too. Oh, I Jedi. Was it I Jedi? No, wasn't I Jedi. I was a Jedi. Someone in the chat will tell us. Okay. Yeah, what was that one called? Heir to the Jedi. Heir to the Jedi. Yeah, that was okay. Um, and I read, I read the, um, I didn't like, remember we didn't care for, I read a new Dawn. Right. We, we remember we didn't care for, uh, Heir to the Jedi because of the, uh, the, the tense. Yeah, the tense was weird. Um, uh, the tense was even weirder in the other one, in the um, 
Wendig one novel, but all right. So let's was that that one? Maybe I'm getting confused. It doesn't matter. All right. So films, Last Jedi, uh, Disney. <laughs> I I know you've been following this story. Yes. All right. So let's let's fill the people in. So Disney. This is the uh, the the title of the article. Disney laid down, lays down the law for theaters on Star Wars: Last Jedi. So what does this even mean, dude? Um, well, I don't know what their what their requirements are. Oh, you don't. Okay, so the requirements are, um, in a nutshell, is that they need to be in the largest theater, okay, uh, and needs to be in the largest theater for four weeks, if I remember correct. Um, yes, aftermath. Thank you, Sapphire. Which the tense was super weird in af- aftermath. You're right. Uh, I was getting that confused. Uh, yeah, Air of the Jedi. The tense wasn't weird. It was just there was some other weird stuff, but. I couldn't even get through Aftermath, and I didn't read the other ones. So um, maybe they were good, maybe they weren't, but I just I just couldn't deal with it. Um, all right, so Disney has a bunch of stipulations for what needs to happen for if you're going to have The Last Jedi in your theater, right? right? Okay, well, I would like to say that this isn't the first time that studios have Let me open this one. required things from, from theaters. Um, the two that- Are there always uh, contracts, though? Well, yeah, but they're the two that are really. I mean, the the two that are like above and beyond that are really um, uh, sticking out in my mind is uh, when Psycho came out. You they theaters weren't allowed to let patrons into the screening once the film started. Right, right, because the 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 twist was so early on in the film. Yeah. Um. Oh, I got it here. And then the second one was, and Steve, if you're still in the chat, you can back. You can. Uh, Tell me if this is right or not, but if I remember correctly, in 1993, when Jurassic Park came out, um, Universal required uh, DTS to be in theaters, which is the, the brand new sound system that was designed for it. Right. Okay. So that aside for a second, um, it says Disney's requiring uh, 65%. Okay. So let's let's back up. It says their demands for the new Star Wars movie are being called by theaters the most onerous they've ever seen. Disney's requiring 65% of the revenue from ticket sales from theaters, which is up from 64% for The Force Awakens and and Star and Rogue One. They're also requiring theaters play the film in their largest auditorium for at least four weeks, while other Disney movies are typically in that space for only two weeks. Okay? That's one thing. Okay, I'd like to poke holes in that right away, that 64 and 65% may seem high, but I remember when again, when my brother was working in theaters, that there were some movies that were requiring 90 to 100%. Yeah. That's why that's why concession prices are so high is because that's where theaters make their money. Oh, not, yeah, I mean, and that's... Not on ticket sales. And that's what people don't understand. The concessions are where the movie theater is making money because yes. a lot of times they will not lose money but break even or just around there just to have the movie in their theater. Right, because right? that all goes to the studio. Exactly. So it goes on to say, but if a theater were to break any part of the agreement, this is where it gets weird, an increase would jump uh, five points to a whopping 70%. And that means if a theater agrees to air the film on eight screens for the first four weeks, but drops one of them before the time um, because tickets aren't selling enough to justify it, they'll be penalized. And the report states that the studio generally gets about 55% to 60% of the revenue from domestic screenings and screenings and about 40% from overseas. So. Here's the other thing. Now, these aren't the worst terms for large cities and big theater chains. Um, but when it comes to smaller theaters and smaller markets, there's an incentive, there's little incentive to play it. Now, what this doesn't say, and we've 
I've just recently talked to one of my uh, inside people, right? a student that works in the local movie theater. Um, he said these particular rules don't apply to independent movie theaters. And this right. is this basically goes for the uh what AMC theaters and um you know Regal right. well, I mean, well, and no, all I mean, that even, right even chains of like two and three right. things like uh like SoCal Cinemas or something like that right which is a if you have more than one theater, theater right. if it's a franchise of some sort exactly yeah. um well, and not necessarily a franchise but a yeah uh, yeah um what did I say what's the right word um chain yeah a chain yeah. multiple locations uh so what's interesting to me is I was a little worried for a bit. Actually, that we were, I was going to have to our, move. Our theater still hasn't put tickets on sale yet. Yeah. And our theater not only hasn't been, hasn't put the tickets up for sale, but they're not even advertising that they are going to get the movie. Like they, it right. was up on the website one day. And then I think when this broke, it went away. Right. And I was kind of like, wait, are we getting it or not? I think it just happened to be bad timing. Yeah. I agree. Uh, so I have it on good authority. We're going to get it. We're going to see it. Either that Thursday or that Friday. Your birthday's Friday. Yep. We're going to have a grand all time. We're going to plan a party. It's going to be great. Yeah. I And Scheme brings up a good point. Is like it being really so close to holidays wouldn't it behoove the theater to have it on the largest auditorium anyways. It would premiere on the largest auditorium, but this is requiring it for it to stay there for four but weeks. But for a whole month? And right. we're talking the reason, the reason, till mid-January. Right. Which is fine normally. But uh, December, uh, Christmas tends to have a couple of major releases. Um for example, the, the, the trailer that we just saw for uh, The Post, which looks right. phenomenal, the new Spielberg movie uh, with Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep, uh, among a whole bunch of other really good actors, uh, Bob Odenkirk and, and a whole bunch of other people, um, that's coming out around Christmas time, too. So, right. Yeah. You know, it could be as, as bad for tickets as Collateral Beauty was last year. But it could be Castaway, which was a huge Christmas release. True. In uh, what was it, two thousand one or so? Something like that. Yeah, totally. Um, all right, man. So, anything else on this? No, I, I, I kind of wish Steve was still in the chat because he could have given us some inside information. But, um, no, I, I completely agree. I, I don't think they're, I don't think their requests are so outrageous. I just think it's because it's Disney doing it. Right. Um. So it looks like, uh, I'm actually not even going to mention this because it's a non-story. Okay. This Battlefront 2 one. But I do have a link in the show notes talking about Battlefront 2. Wow. That's talk- I know. I'm, I apologize. Uh, it looks like, uh, you can play Battlefront 2 for free. There's some stipulations in there, but definitely check out the link in the show notes for that. Um, it's actually really interesting. Um, it looks like they're making it so, let me see if I can find out. Just a little gist of it. Well, if we you, talked about a few episodes ago how they were making it so you could download uh, the first Battlefront for free. Right, but this is Battlefront Two. So if you have right. if you have Xbox One or are a member of EA subscription based service called EA Access, you can fire up Star Wars Battlefront Two right now. Subscribing to EA Access will only run you about five bucks uh, a month, and uh, so if you didn't get the chance to try it out, etc. Um, but it's it's something that they're kind of doing to as of right now because it's not coming out for another week and a half or so. So right. um, definitely check that out, um, it, and you can kind of determine if you're going to buy it from there. And honestly, I mean, I'm not going to, but, you know, it is what it right. is. Right. Well, it's not our gameplay anymore, so. No, but not only that, it's just, you know. One it, more thing. It doesn't matter. Uh, merchandise. Death Star Tent. 
I'm gonna go camping in this. That it it sounds cool. I haven't actually looked at it yet. Have you seen this? Thing? I haven't. It looks. Oh, it sounds so freaking cool. I want to throw it in the chat for a second because I don't know if people are watching, but check this out. That looks cool. So this, I mean, come on, right? Okay, you know what they should make though. Okay, well, first of all, I love how the doors the the door the, is the, the deal, right? Eye, yeah, <laughs> which is cool. They should make a Wampa cave. Ah, oh, that'd be sick. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. I just no. They should make a tauntaun tent <laughs> where you sleep in the tauntaun, and the door is blood red, and the oh, oh that'd be awesome. That sounds terrifying. It sounds awesome. <laughs> anyway, Star Wars tent, uh, Death Star tent it looks freaking cool. So it does. Uh, this next one, we have a uh, the Star Wars New Hope 40th anniversary vinyl soundtrack is including a 3D Death Star hologram. This is a they've done this two or three times before. Yeah, they have. They've done a Death Star and a uh, an X Wing, which is kind of cool. So uh, it's just another cool way to keep vinyl going. Yeah, but I mean, all the soundtracks on vinyl would be sick, dude. Oh yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Anyway, uh, um, what else they, you got? There is a brand new Nvidia. Nvidia is doing new graphics cards, and they're they're uh, they're pretty darn cool looking. Um, if you open them up, you can if if you feel like putting a picture up. Yeah. Um, but there's two different ones and one, they, they basically look like, um, oh, that looks sick. like, uh, lightsabers and they're themed as both uh light side and dark side. And they actually, if you look closely at them, they have the, the light and dark side emblems in the middle of them. Um, but let me tell you about the, uh, what the, the specs are on this thing before I, before I drop the dollar amount. All right. So <laughs> here's the specs. Okay. Each one will be running. Let me see it here. Uh, okay, so they're Pascal-based GP102 GPUs, each with a 3840 CUDA cores running at 1.6 gigahertz and 12 gigs of DDR5 RAM. So it's beefy. Yes, running at 11.4 gigabytes per second. Indeed. That's 12 teraflops of processing power, which is enough to run the current crop of cutting-edge titles with the settings maxed out. Of course, you're going to pay dearly. The price? Twelve hundred dollars. Yeah, that's about right. Uh, if I was a celeb and had twelve hundred dollars to drop on something to add to my rig, I'd do it, but not no. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, that's a lot of money. <laughs> that's a lot of money. <laughs> uh, it's beautiful though. It looks great. All right, man. So before we get out of Star Wars, I brought this up. My daughter was in my classroom the other day uh, after school, and I was I was looking up stuff for. You know, for the, for this show. And, um, we go to Disneyland every year, as I've said multiple times. And I said to her, I said, Hey, I just, I just saw this. Um, it looks like the Incredibles, uh, there's going to be a roller coaster coming to Disney's California adventure. And she was super stoked. Yeah. Have you actually read the article? Yeah. I've read through it. Okay. I mean, it's, it's crazy. They're, uh, they're basically, they're turning Paradise Pier, which is yeah. the, the back area of California adventure into Pixar Pier. And they're basically turning into four different themed lands. And the Incredibles are basically taking over the roller coaster, which is right now California Screaming. Right. And that's going to permanently change to, I think it's called, going to be called the Incredi, the Incredicoaster, Incredible. Something. something like that. Yeah. Um, and basically it's going to be the same track, but they're just going to be chase, changing the colors. The theming. And they're going to be changing the cars. Right. And they're going to be having some, um, uh, character moments throughout the ride. Can I say something? I, I'm I'm excited about the look. I, you know, 
I was just in Disneyland and I loved, and I've talked about this, uh, the change from, you know, Twilight Zone, Tower of Terror to Guardians of the Galaxy, um, Mission Breakout. And I, and I, and I love that. And I love, I don't, I usually don't mind changes to Disneyland. I like Paradise Pier mostly because it's that old California boardwalk kind of Santa Cruz Um, thing. I'm a big fan of California Screaming. Yeah. And I like the music for it and everything. So I'm a little disappointed that's changing. But as long as they like the music, if they put in like the score to Incredibles into it, and sure, that'd be cool. But what I, what I'm kind of liking is that they're kind of compartmentalizing it. So, of course, there's already um, uh, Toy Story Mania there. That area is going to be turning into the Toy Story area. Yeah, well, that makes sense, right? And then the uh, the Mickey's Fun Wheel, the which actually. Because you know, we, oh, we all forget this all changed theming before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because originally all California based. So that was originally the Sun Wheel. Then they changed and it to they Mickey's Funny the Mickey's. Wheel. Yeah, yeah. Well, that and all the games are all going to be themed like it's going to be a multiple thing of uh like a midway, right? So um you're going to see Bugs Life and other things right. there. And then the area over the side is going to be inside out themed. And there's going to be a new attraction there that we don't know yet. Well, and I support all that. But here's my thing. Uh, I don't, I'm having a hard time with it only because for me, part of my love of California adventure, California adventure is that section of the park and the California theme. Do you, do you know if they're going to change the, um, the wharf area? Okay. I was actually just going to bring that up because the one, that's what worries me. Well, the one problem I see about that is if you know where the pier ends is the wharf. Right, and that's where you get the the and that's like and, and that's like very much Canary Row kind of it is the very very California. The frustrating thing about that is what's on the other side. Right, it goes directly into the Bugs Land and, it, and directly into Cars. It goes into that, Cars Land, which is all yeah. Pixar. Right, so it would be it wouldn't make any sense. It wouldn't make to any keep sense it. to keep the wharf there. Yeah, um, I don't think that's in their initial plans. I think it's yeah. probably stage two. Yeah, um, but there is something they can do about those um, if you know. Uh, where um, the Little Mermaid ride is. Sapphire actually makes me the Pixar play parade is going to Disneyland. I didn't hear about that, but and I love that parade. Um, I'm sure that's just temporary. I'm sure they're going to bring it back because this is all once they're done up, with all yeah. the construction. This is all going to yeah. open up. I think it's summer of next year or something. Okay, a lot of it's just theming different. Sure, right? It's not like you're building. but 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 here's my thing. I I don't care. Look, I'll be I'll be 100 percent honest with you. If the Carl Strauss beer cart is where it is currently, I don't care what chains around it. I love Cars Land on the other side. I love the wharf area. I love what's going on with um I, I I'm not as attached to what happens with California Screaming and the other stuff. I just love the wharf area because I grew up I, I didn't grow up there, but I went to college and I loved Santa Cruz and I love the boardwalk stuff. Right. And I love like they have the uh, you know, the, you know, Giardelli and they've got the, the bread company and they've got, and you can get the, you know, clam chowder. That is very much, uh, a California wharf thing. And so my concern is when they change that, are they going to change all of the food and stuff that goes along with it? Because it also matches up too with the art and wine deal that they do. It does. Or jazz and food thing. But the thing is, is where uh, the wharf is right now, there's two bridges that go off of it. Agreed, yeah. Right? So there is room for them to play with. They can get rid of the bridges, cover the water there. It's there. Sure. And keep the the buildings where they are now and just theme it differently. 
Plus, you gotta remember, they have some area to play with over on the other side across from the Little Mermaid where the painted ladies are right now. Right. Because all that's there right now is a bathroom. True. With the facade of the painted ladies. And I know it's the backside of, of the, the restaurant and everything there that you were talking about. Right. But there is areas to play over there that they can put, they can change the, it won't look exactly like it is now, but they can move those establishments somewhere else. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I'm, I have my concerns or my reservations only because I've been attached to California Adventure after all the changes in Disneyland and then they changed California Adventure. I've, I've actually really enjoyed it. I've actually in the last couple of years found some new spots in California Adventure that I'd never been before. One is that bar, um, which I don't know if you knew existed over right off of the hub down in that, in that deal. Oh yeah. That twenties bar yeah, thing. Yeah. The cafe circle. Yeah. 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 It's really cool. Anyway, I just, there's stuff about California adventure that I love and I don't mind if they change things, but there's certain things. If it's called California adventure, that needs to be very California, you know? Yeah. And I mean, that's it my concern. It still has a few things, uh, soaring over California. Well, soaring over the world now. Well, now it's soaring over the world. It and, is, yeah. but it's still, Really does a lot to to highlight the history of air uh, aircraft building in California. Yeah, um, it still has the Grizzly River Rapids run. True, and it's um, got that whole side too with the uh, Grand Californian and exactly. and and, and, so, and the and there is a whole stuff. bunch of areas over there to play with. So I honestly think that they could move the wharf yeah. area over to that. Put it on the backside of uh, the because right now there's that kind of area where the um, uh, where the ropes course thing is right now. True. Yeah. Minimize the ropes course a little bit. Put some stuff over there. I'm okay with it. Yeah. All right. Plus, you got to remember they already got rid of Bountiful Harvest like a decade ago and right. they changed it to Bugs Land. <laughs> That's so, true. Come on. Well, let's see how it plays out. I uh, I have more reservations because I've been really attached to California Adventure uh, the last eight nine years. Just right. And what they've I mean, decided to be, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, they're obviously changing a whole bunch of stuff because they got they changed Tower of Terror, mm-hmm. they've changed Soren over a little bit, but there's I Soren over the world is brilliant. Uh, sorry, this, uh, the first thing thing is is the wharf doesn't bring in as much money as what they could put there. Well, but that is, but where else do people go and eat? And that's the thing. And like, what better theming for where people eat in California no, is I a wharf area? No, you I know completely what I mean? agree. And that's my thing. But I'm saying that you know what I mean. There's, yeah. yeah. We debated this long enough. We have. Um, <laughs> all right, let's move on to uh, usual. Yeah, let's get to the usual roundup, dude. I like when we get into things. I don't know where the bumper is. Here it is. I can't imagine any kind of future where I'm a hero. Well, you're not. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. Did that just remind you how woefully behind you are? I'm so on behind on those shows. <laughs> I'm behind on those shows too, but that's okay. All right, man. So let's get to um, let's some... deal with the crap first. Uh, We're not actually dealing with dead people this week, although no. you know we could bring up Fats Domino. We could bring a couple other people. But... Yeah, there there are people who pass this week, right? But we got to talk about the other stuff. <sighs> All right. So Ben Affleck is basically following Kevin Smith's lead and donating to the Weinstein movie residuals, which... Which we which, talked about last week, and we love that on, uh, the idea. Which I love, and I'm glad Ben Affleck is doing that. And and just to recap, obviously, Kevin Smith, uh, mo- you know, stuff that he would have gotten for Weinstein properties, basically up through Dogma, right? Yeah, basically, basically it's Clerks, Mallrats, Chasing Him, and Dogma. Yeah, they, so, the residuals he's getting are going straight to charity. Yeah, which is great. And Affleck's doing the same thing, which I love. Um... <sighs> I'm going to let you take this. 
Yeah, so it's, it's it's not just going with Weinstein. If you've noticed, there's been a lot of stuff. Um, the big the big one that everyone's been talking about is Kevin Spacey, just because this has to do with multiple things. Um, it deals with the person that's actually coming out isn't some sort of you know low level. I mean, not to I don't want to minimize anybody else that's come out yet, but Anthony Rapp is a huge Broadway star. Yeah, uh, he was in Rent. He was in Days of Confused. He's and to say that uh, when he was underage, that Kevin Spacey made a move on him when he was 14, I yeah, think is what it was. That's crazy. Um, back in the 80s. That's just ridiculous. Right. Um, and then in his apology, Kevin Spacey used it as an opportunity to come out, which a lot of people in the LGBT community find offensive. Well, um, it's 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 almost like people – he's almost hoping like I, – I imagine him saying that is like, oh, well, I'm also – by the way, I'm gay. Like, maybe he's hoping, you know, because we usually when people come out, they say, oh, he's so brave. Right. Like, he's coming out. And, and I think that, it's, I think this is bad for two reasons. One, um, it's an affront to the LGBT community who uh, they say, we don't want to use, uh, we don't want to be cushioned right. for your fall from grace. But on the other hand, those on the far right who are going to argue that, well, look at how deviant the gay lifestyle is. Right. And you know that's being said on like InfoWars and Glenn Beck and, sure. and all that stuff, which is totally uh, upsetting. Um, so it's not only that, but it's also come out that Dustin Hoffman and Jeremy Piven have all been uh, accused. Um, it just shows how widespread this is, but it, yeah. it's affecting bottom line too because um, Netflix has been pulled, uh, has pulled House of Cards. This is this is did they really? Yeah, this is last season. They're not working with Kevin Spacey anymore. Wow. Uh, Jeremy Piven's show, Wisdom of the Crowd, has been put on uh, not really hiatus, but they just they just took a break to, right. until that gets uh, rectified. Um, a whole bunch of other stuff, and then the one that just hit today that we just noticed was Jeffrey Tambor. Of um, yeah. he was in The Hangover. He was in Arrested Development. Well, right now. he was the, he plays the dad in Arrested Development. Which but, I love. Know, but the big thing is he's now making a huge turn in Transparent, right? Which is. Another thing is like, oh, it's just, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And especially in a week now, which we're seeing such huge gains with the yesterday. Um, I mean, I don't like to bring politics in here all this often, but we had the first transgender person oh, right. win a state seat in Virginia by beating a bigoted homophobe. <laughs> which I think, I mean, so yeah, you're right, man. I, you know, this isn't our podcast is never, has never been a political you know, we don't, we don't debate politics much. We put our jabs in here and there, but, but you're right. It's, but there's such a thing as humanity. Well, and it's interesting that that happened and all this is happening at the same time. So we, we're in a topsy turvy, just to pardon the cliche, but you know, we're all over the map right now as, as, as a culture in the United States. And I, and I feel like I'm, I'm really as much as I hate these, uh, guys, for what they've done or what they're accused of. And this is happening. I'm, I love that people are coming up and saying, you know what? I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to say what happened. And, and people are finally, and maybe this will be, if enough of this happens and all of it is legitimized, then, then maybe this kind of stuff, these guys don't feel like they're above the law and like these things will stop happening. Yeah. And, and like, you know, the old adage says uh, light is the greatest disinfectant. Yeah. And so I don't know. I, I'm all, I'm, I'm one of those people. Like if you do a, 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 a a crappy thing, a a dumb thing, you break the law or you, you, you exploit someone or whatever, then you should be punished. And that's the thing, you know? And it's like, there should be consequences for decisions. Otherwise, 
people are just going to keep doing what they're doing. Great so. point, Skeen. It says, well, maybe it'll deter issues from happening in the future. And that's the idea. And that's, and that's what I hope. And, and, you know, as a teacher, like, I hope that, like, if I bust a kid for doing something stupid, maybe that will deter other kids from doing something stupid. Yep. And, and, and I hope that people make smart decisions all the time and we don't, you know what I mean? But these power issues that have been going on for so long need to be, need to be stopped. So. Absolutely. All right. So, uh, let's uh, put our soapbox away and uh, get onto the fun stuff. Was I soapboxing? Oh, I was a little bit. Oh, I was soapboxing. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but you don't recently pull out the soapboxes so you can see as high as everybody else. Look, I'm I'm not a tall man, and if I can get an extra foot, shoot, I will stand on a box, sir. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I know. All right, let's go. Real um, reviews, yeah, casting. We, yeah, we only have one casting news today, and this just dropped uh, yesterday, I believe. Uh, Millie Bobby Brown, who plays Eleven in Stranger Things, uh, it looks like she's the front runner to uh, take the female lead in the new Narnia film, The Silver Chair. I love that story. Silver Chair is great. I also love the fact that her name is Bobby Brown. Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah, but the Bobby Brown part. And you know, Millie's probably short for Millicent, which is such a great old-timey name. I just, I love everything about that story. Yeah. I like the Silver Chair, actually, and I like the Narnia films. And with her in it, I will see it. Cool. I was going to see it anyway. Yeah, and the the cool thing is this is actually going to end up coming out eight to nine years after the last movie came out. But the cool thing is, is even though in in the the Narnia universe, um, Earth time between Dawn Treader and Silver Chair is only one year Earth time. It's like eighty years Narnia time, which is kind of cool. Indeed. All right, so um, you take this next one. This is weird, man. Um, there's a possibility. I guess that the Lord of the Rings TV series may come to Amazon Prime. Yeah, I don't honestly think it's going to be a story telling the Lord of the Rings. It'll probably be the Sumerian, or it'll be stuff around the world. It'll be very similar to like the spinoff that we're getting talks about for Game of Thrones. Yeah, I mean, and that's I imagine. <laughs> what? What happened? Oh, nice pull, Skeen. What? Happened? Oh, Skeen says it's her prerogative. <laughs> Uh, that's funny. I got it. So, Lord of the Rings TV series um may come to Amazon Prime. I like the idea of it being a kind of Lord, uh, not Lord of the Rings, um, Game of Thrones kind of kind of thing. Yeah, because the world is so huge. Yeah, absolutely. And why not go back into this world that Tolkien put out there that it was so vast, but we only really modern day have these six movies. You exactly. know what I mean? So, I think that'd be awesome. Absolutely, I'm excited about that. Uh, of that happens, Orville, which is one of my current favorite deals, it's very good. Um, is has been renewed for a second season. Cool. And the only reason, really, I put that in here was because, uh, something that, uh, Mark Bernardin said, and I know his son. I think his son really likes the Orville, but he he doesn't like Star Trek. And what I find interesting about this is, I love Star Trek and I love the Orville, but. Something Bernardin said, he said, it's not as funny as it should be, and it's not as serious as it could be. Yeah, or something it, like that. Yeah, there's a there's a fine line that, that McFarland is, is going. But the funny thing is, is I'm not a Star Trek fan either. I mean, yeah. there, I like some of the movies. I was never a fan of the Shatner original Star Trek series. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't even watch Next Generation. I watched Next Generation, Deep Space Nine. Those are my two. See, I didn't even watch this, but I love the Orville. Yeah, and I love the Orville. And I think what's interesting about that particular show is that 
you get like this kind of sometimes very juvenile potty humor of Seth MacFarlane, right? But you also get a very serious and almost dystopian, especially with the, um, I don't know if you watched the episode, the next one, um, that has to do. Oh, with the baby? With the poles. You gotta watch that. You gotta watch it. I'm only one behind. Um, the one after the krill was the one where people had the upvoting. Oh yeah, I've yeah. seen that one. Yeah. That Actually, that was just, very much like that Black Mirror episode. I just talked about that at school today. Yeah, um, but long and the short of it is very Black Mirror. And yes. and but I like that it's taking uh, a very, you know, sort of comedic, but serious slant on uh, dystopian well, you realities. Yeah, the whole, yeah, the you know? whole uh, episode about. Um, Basically, it was a whole episode about uh, female uh, um, oh uh, like circumcision. Sec- yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, with dealing with the uh, the first officer or not the first officer, um, the second officer's uh, home planet. Right. Exactly. And I thought that was a brilliant episode. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, there. So there's a lot more going on there, I think, than um that people give credit for. So if you're not watching the Orville, definitely check it out. Well, it's also very similar to the original Star Trek, which was groundbreaking because it had the first interracial kiss on television. Right. It, all this stuff. Yeah, there. So I think, um, and McFarlane's not an idiot. No, he's not. <laughs> he knows what he's doing, and he knows what he's messing with. And I, I love that he is mirroring what original Star Trek did in a modern time, and throwing some freaking comedy in there, man. Yeah, because it's like, like I said, it's not, it's not the '60s where Star Trek is dealing with race and women's live issues as right. much anymore. We're dealing with LGBT issues and women, female exactly. circumcision and the the uh, the importance of um, and social media, social media and all this other yeah. stuff. It's, it's cool. really really cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we got one bit of gaming news that just dropped yesterday, and it looks like uh um the creators of Pokemon Go are uh, was it Nin. Oh, I know what it is. I'm drawing a blank. Continue. Anyways, uh, they're working on a Harry Potter uh, game, a AR game. And if you remember when Pokemon first came out, we were, uh, I yeah, called we, it. We talked about it for a and while. And I said, okay, wouldn't it be awesome if you're going around trying to get like hippogriffs and stuff like that? Right, right. Turns out it's actually not going to be that much like that. It's going to be more of, um, territorial protection right. and, and attack. Niantic is the gaming company. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so you're right. Can we just move on? Yeah. Great. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> just kidding. All right. Universal stuff. Let's get to DCU. We got some Shazam news, dude. Dude, Zachary Levi got cast as Shazam. Yeah. And you How know, do you feel about that? This is, again, going on to the, the whole thing where there are multiple people that are getting cast in both DC and, and Marvel. Because we got to remember that uh, Zachary Levi was also one of the Merry Men right. of Thor in Dark World. So, um, you know, he's he's crossed a uh genre uh we're gonna get the uh um just a lot of people are doing it right um this is actually really interesting he says uh this is his words he said honored and great and humbled to be part of the dc universe by bringing the original captain marvel to life levi said yeah referring to shazam by the character's original name before dc comic changed it to shazam I bestow myself with gratitude, not only for its opportunity, but also the incredible uh, outpouring of love and support from so many of you out there in the world. Now, if you excuse me, I'll be in the gym for the rest of forever. Yeah, he needs to bulk up a little bit. <laughs> like, honestly, like, I couldn't imagine if I got a role and, like, 
Like, I mean, if I got a roll in something like that and I was like, oh, well, I guess now I'm never going to eat anything good and I must be in the gym for all time, for all the time that I'm going to be in this movie, that's crazy. Crazy. So, anyway, uh, but that's exciting. And Shazam cast Ash, Ash, Asher Angel as Billy Batson. As well. Yeah, well, the whole premise of, of uh, Shazam is that Billy Batson is the kid. He puts on a, a ring, I think, and yells, Shazam, and right. turns into Captain Marvel. Yeah. That's the whole premise. Right. So here we are. Um, this is big news uh, for Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. Surprising news, actually. Friends star. Think the more I think about it, the more it makes sense. Does it? I guess I guess it does. Friends star uh, John Noble um, is also join- is joining the cast of Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. John Noble was the uh, the older guy, the father. Yeah. And um, I think this makes sense, especially since we know that um, what's his name is leaving. To yeah. go do Broadway. Well, and do you think they're trying to? No, I well, I think he's going to be the new part of Firestorm, but I think he's going to be like a a colleague of okay. of the yeah. other guy. No, I really like that actor. Fringe, um, I think was what it was a a lot of what it was because of that particular actor. Yes, um, and his chemistry with the others. Um, I really liked Fringe, and he was one of my favorite parts of Fringe. So. Um, yeah, so it makes sense that they're bringing that in considering what we talked about the other week, um, about, uh, Homeboy leaving. So, yeah. All right, man. Wonder Woman. What was that mean? That's you. <laughs> Wonder Woman passes Spider Man to become the highest grossing superhero origin story ever. Are you surprised? No. Um, but well done. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, that, that means it's getting close to 500 million. Yeah, it's a big deal. All right. Uh, we have a lot of Disney news, man. Yeah, well, it's really two major stories with a whole bunch of little things in it. Yeah, so, so let's let's break down the stories in, in, in two. So we've got the first one is this L.A. Times thing. What do you think? What, what's going on? Can you tell me? Yeah, so Disney had made it where they had banned um, press from the L.A. Times to go to premieres of their films. Um. And the reason being, uh, the LA Times had given a bad, uh, I can't remember exactly what the, it wasn't like, it wasn't even a bad review of a film. It was just a, like a bad story about Disney. Yeah. About the company is, itself. Um, and so in response, Disney decided to not let LA Times, uh, um, like attend their screenings. Exactly. Right. Thank yeah. You. Uh, reporters is the word I was looking right. for. Uh, reporters attend their screenings and stuff, but there's such a major backlash, um, because the LA Times is huge in LA, obviously. And, obviously. um, so what happened in response is that, um, the LA Film Critics Society and a whole bunch of other film critics society, which are, you know, you think, oh, well, it's just film critics societies. Well, the thing is, they do major award shows very similar to the Oscars and stuff. I mean, right. they, and they said, well, we're not going to, um, consider any movies from the Disney umbrella. <laughs> and so that kind of said, oh, all right, well, then, okay. Yeah. So this <laughs> this kept going until uh, Disney basically said they ended the LA Times ban um, after all of this backlash. Right. And essentially what they said was, uh, they said, we've had, we've had productive discussions with the newly installed leadership at the LA Times regarding our specific concerns. As a result, we've agreed to restore access to uh, advanced screenings for their film critics. Um, here's what I read on that. You want to know what I read on that? What? 
we got hella people fired at the LA Times and now we have the leadership we want and now we're okay with it. <laughs> not that that not that that's really what happened. No, no, but that's no, what no. it sounded like. Because no, it I says, think, no, I think what happened was that the newly installed leadership. Yeah, no, what I think is is that they had the, the LA Times to change ownerships. Okay. And the new leaders were the ones that gave the, the bad article to begin with. And oh, Disney I was see. in reaction okay. to that. Okay. And now they're having frank discussions All with right. them. That makes more sense. I was like, did they just go in there yeah, and no, fire they, a bunch of people? They didn't have a coup, no. Because <laughs> I think that'd be hilarious. That would right. be hilarious. So, next story. The big one. Yeah, the big one. And this is big possibly. Big possibly. There uh, there are rumors or talks or whatever that Disney is reportedly uh, trying to purchase 21st Century Fox. Okay. Now, it's very, very important. Not all of it. Right. It's very important we make clear they're not trying to buy Fox. Right. Which doesn't mean they're not trying to buy Fox News. They're not trying to buy. Um, God, could you imagine? Uh, all the the News Corp or the sports. I think. Yeah, News Corp, which is their their newspaper arm. They're not trying to buy um, any of the sports that they own. For example, Fox used to own the Dodgers. Right. It doesn't have anything to do. It doesn't. They're not going to be having any control over Fox Sports News, uh, which is a huge uh, 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 collection of regional networks. Um, which out here I believe is uh, Fox Sports West. Right. Um, it's not going to include, it's basically just the filmmaking art. Yeah. It's just 21st century Fox movie studio. Right. That they're trying to buy. Exactly. And the deal, the reason why, I mean, it makes total sense why Disney wants to do this because they want to bring in, um, uh, the X-Men and Fantastic Four right. back into the, the Marvel fold. Right. Um, which I think makes a lot of sense. Now there's a couple of things that are holding it up. One, um, the people behind Deadpool really don't want it to happen. Yeah. Um, if, can you imagine Disney getting hold of Deadpool? I, I don't want it to happen. So honestly, if there were two things that I think could help this deal along, right, is if Disney allows Fox to retain distribution rights. Okay. I see. What you're Marvel I would see become the main studio. Yeah. And they and then they would go into a distribution partnership with Fox, very similar to how. Um, there's a, there was a, a distribution deal with Fox with Lucasfilm right. before it went over to Disney. Now, the other thing is, um, something that I saw in one of the articles regarding this is that any R-rated films from the Fox banner that are under Marvel would stay with Fox. Right. Because Disney w- doesn't do that stuff well anyways. True. Um, so that would mean Deadpool, any future X-Force films. Um, possibly any future Wolverine film, stuff like that. But the rights to the characters would still revert back, but the production of those yeah. characters would stay up with Fox. And I think um the chat room saying the same thing. Yeah, it would be it would be awesome if they did it and but you're right. Throw the Deadpool stuff off to this, you know, let them distribute that and not worry about that being under the Disney banner. I mean, could you imagine if Deadpool was walking around Disneyland? <laughs> yeah, well, it's not I mean, like not that, like, not that it's going to be. I'm just, I'm being facetious. Right. Well, in, you know as, I mean? as, uh, as Sapphire says, Disney could release it oh, through sh- one of its subsidiaries. <laughs> this game was reading my mind. <laughs> um, through one of its subsidiaries and things is Disney has a bad track record with that. Yeah. Um, as we're, uh, now the whole Weinstein thing. Um, I used to work for Disney and there was major, um, uh, protesting when, Pulp Fiction came out because Pulp Fiction was done by Miramax, right. which was a Disney film. So at the time of release, not the time of production, but time of release, when Pulp Fiction was released, it was a Disney re- a property. Right. 
Um, so they, they, Disney really doesn't like the controversy that came with that. Right. Um, so Disney really tries to, to definitely shy away from that stuff. Um, and they, you know, they, they did for decades, they've had rules like this, like anything that was PG, um, didn't get released under the Buena Vista Pictures banner. It got released under Touchstone. So, which is why you got Splash and Who Framed Roger Rabbit released under right. Touchstone. Exactly. But not yeah. under the Buena Vista Pictures or, or Walt Disney Animation or whatever. Um, and then like the R rated stuff would get released through, uh, Dimension or through, um, yes, subsidiaries. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I think Disney is kind of, Disney's trying to go, I think, away from the, that sort of, d- stigma division. Yeah. And they're trying to just go by property. Yeah. It's so, like we have Marvel, we've got Star Wars, we've got, you know, uh, uh, the Disney animation, we've got Pixar, Pixar all, all, all these stuff, different yeah. things. And they, and they each have their own thing Right. by trying to say, okay, well, this is going to be the, the, the cool thing is by doing this, they can say Marvel, Feige, you got it. You're doing yeah, everything. You do you. Kathleen Kennedy, <laughs> you're doing Star Wars. You do that. Lasseter, you're in charge of Pixar and right. creative control. You do that. Um, if they were to say, okay, Feige, you're doing Marvel, but only the PG and the PG 13 stuff. We're going to bring in somebody else to do the R race. No, it just, it, it, Puts too many uh, divisions of labor, yeah. and I think it would be much more prudent for them to take control of the character rights and lease them back out to Fox for Deadpool. yeah. That makes that makes a lot of sense, man. Especially when it comes to something like Deadpool. Absolutely, that is no way in hell. Yeah, to do that's not a Disney property. So I don't know. Let's uh, let's keep an eye on this, huh? Yeah, absolutely. This is something we're definitely going to be looking at over the next month. Few see, months. see how this shakes out. So um, speaking of Disney. Uh, the full cast for The Lion King is out. Really? Anything jump out at you? Uh, I honestly didn't look at it, but I would love it that uh, James Earl Jones would be back from Mufasa. Well, here we go. This is, oh, wow. So coming to theaters in 2019 is John Favreau-directed live-action update of Disney's The Lion King, and it just revealed, revealed the first the, the full cast. And yes, shocking. James Earl Jones is there. Nice. Uh, Donald Glover is Simba. Beyonce is Nala. Okay. Uh, Edge of Four is Scar. Oh, that's a good cast. Um, uh, Alfred Woodard is Sarabi. Alfred Woodard. Yeah. Uh, you're gonna love this. John Oliver is Zazu. Oh God, yes. <laughs> John Canny is Rafiki. Uh, Seth Rogen is Pumbaa. I can see that. Uh, Billy Eichner is uh Tim Timon. Uh, Eric Andre is Azizi. Azizi? Uh, I don't remember these guys. These sub sub characters. I don't remember. Young Simba. Uh, so I don't know the the other names. I'm gonna leave it at that. But it it's in the link in the show notes. That is pretty cool. I'm stoked that Oliver or, uh, Jones is back and Donald Glover. That's sick. Yeah, I'm great. I'm excited about Jones, Oliver, and and Donald Glover as well. I kind of wish that they had cast. Uh, Ed Helms as Timon. Okay. I think would have been good, but Billy Eichner should be good too. Yeah. Um, and to answer Sapphire's question, yes, it's going to be very similar to Jungle Book. It's going to be voice acted. Oh, for under, sure. Yeah. Live yeah. action. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, man. So Disney streaming service, uh, estimated worth $25 billion. Shocker. I mean, I mean, like we just said, we've got Marvel, Star Wars, you've got but Indiana Jones. That number Jones. is so ridiculous, dude. That's such a huge number. But, um, if you put it in a nutshell, it will certainly come out of the gate strong. Once Netflix deal ends, we'll have a variety of uh, properties to pull from. Disney Channel, Disney, Core, Core Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars movies, 
and television shows will give a large and popular catalog right from the start. Um, uh, Indiana Jones, young yeah. Indiana Jones. It's that's huge, man. That is absolutely huge. Yeah, and the thing is, they they've got a huge catalog, so it's yeah. fine. And this isn't the first time. I mean, we talked about this before, but no, we talked there's about the other, other stuff like um, like Fox has their own like archives website that you can uh, subscribe to, right? And so th- there's stuff. Uh, yeah, it's it's not unheard of, and just Disney has a bigger palette of bigger things to pull from. True. All right, man. Let's get into uh, Marvel stuff. Marvel Cinematic Universe is the first franchise to cross five billion dollars in North America. That's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Um, the the other ones that that it passed uh, for, I think, uh, it was battling between Bond and Harry Potter. Oh, yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, Daredevil. There's a teaser for season three that has been released. Do we want to watch that? Or are we? No, I think we can yeah. wait. Um, but that there's a link in the show notes for that. We're gonna compile some of this stuff for uh next time's trailer time. And speaking of, that's a good segue. Um, this one and the next story. Uh, if you're listening now and you're not a patron of the show, uh, we put together trailer time, uh, which when we have a lot of trailers, of course, uh, it's a way, it's an exclusive content for the show. So what we do is we watch a bunch of trailers, we do commentary, and then I put that off into a separate file in Dropbox for our patrons. So if you're interested in watching us watch trailers and react to them, uh, definitely become a patron of the show. Yeah, Patreon. so next week, podcast. Yeah, next week we'll definitely be uh, including the post, which is oh, the one yeah. we talked about earlier. Um, Suburbicon, which is the new uh, uh, Matt Demon movie. So yeah, and yeah. we're gonna watch some of these teaser trails too. We have Daredevil and then the Punisher as well, right? Which is in the show notes if you're anxious. But uh, the Punisher teaser trailer is pretty sick. You gotta check that out. And that's coming out. The Punisher is next week. No, two weeks from now. Two yeah, weeks from I believe now. it's two weeks out. Um, so next week's a perfect time for us to watch that trailer and, Absolutely. Uh, and do that. And I could not be more excited for the Punisher. I'm just, I'm ready for it, bro. Yeah, it looks really good. Yeah, ready. Uh, neither of us have seen Thor Ragnarok yet. No, I'm going on Saturday. And I I'm you're probably going, going on Sunday. Um, I did just go see Bad Mom's Christmas yesterday, though. Oh, yeah. How was that? Pretty damn funny. If you like the first one, you'll like the second one. Cool. Um, so. I, I put this uh, <laughs> this article in here because I, you listened to the latest Babylon when you talked about this. I did, yes. And uh, so Chris Hemsworth credits Kevin Smith with inspiring Thor Ragnarok's change in uh, – oh, no, Thor's change in Ragnarok. Um, and I love that Kevin Smith gets a random credit for something that happened in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think that's very fitting. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, and he was like, you know my name? <laughs> And he says, hey, yeah. And so that's, that's Smith's reaction. But this is Hemsworth saying, he said, hearing someone like Smith, who ever since the fanboy world was such a kick in the ass to change gears, Hemsworth said, uh, told Vanity Fair, we sort of had nothing to lose. People didn't expect what we did with this time around. And in fact, um, before Ragnarok, it seemed Hemsworth had doubts about his place in the universe. And he said, uh, he goes on to say, I thought maybe I might be in the first Avengers. But I never thought there'd be a second one. I didn't look that comfortable in my first three films. I gotta say, recently I felt more concrete. Uh, but before, it always felt like any minute it might be all pulled out from under me. So, uh, it's, it's, it's all about changing and, and adapting and, and making that character your own, I think. Yes. Um, and, and I think that's really what Hemsworth is crediting Smith for doing. I think that's exciting. Yeah, absolutely. And it's obviously working because Thor is making tons of money. Uh, yeah, and I can't wait to see it. Um, last thing here, man, before we get to one 
little thing. Uh, Netflix news, Stranger Things 2 is kind of a thing. Yeah, it came out. Uh, <laughs> I have not had a chance to watch it, oh, but I've seen the first season. It's really good. Uh, we, My wife and I finished season two. Um, it's brilliant. It's very good. I know there's some flack out there, but I honestly find it just as enjoyable as the first season, if not good. a little bit more because of I don't have to worry about who the characters are. I know what their motivations are, and let's get to some more fun. So I like it. Absolutely. Um, but apparently it drew 15.8 million viewers. Um, wow. and there's some already season three talks. Um, it looks like there's going to be a time jump and I have a link in the show notes and I don't want to look at it yet. Um, but the stranger thing producers are teasing some storylines from, from season three. Yeah. And actually so. the, the one thing I saw this week is that they had actually already started writing season two before season one even aired. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I, I don't want to dive into the, uh, season three storylines, at least not yet, maybe before season three drops, but. Uh, honestly, I really, really enjoyed season two. Um, it was scary at times. The characters, I felt like were well developed. Um, I don't want to give any spoilers, but like I said, it's Renata Ryder is legit. The kids, I loved, the, she was one of my favorite parts of the yeah, first one. The kids are legit. I mean, it's, it's, it's just a well written, well acted show. It's really easy to buy the upside down. You know what I mean? It's, Which actually in the script is called the nether. Oh, interesting. Yeah. No, I just, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and so did the wife and she doesn't like scary things. So that's something good. So it was fun. Uh, last thing here, man, convention news, convention news. Um, I still can't believe this. I still can't believe this. I'm even saying this now in early November, November uh, early bird hotel sales are up now, right now. For, last year was March. It was March last year. So we are quasi scrambling. I don't know. I got to figure out something because we usually buy our hotels through this hotel sale, but usually have at least one coaching stipend exactly. check in the bank. But this is crazy. So anyway, long and the short of it is if you're interested in San Diego Comic Con, now's the time to get your uh, member ID. Um, press is up. Um, that's ending soon. I think Trey just opened. Um, we had returning reg a couple weeks ago, yeah. um, open reg, I'm guessing is going to happen very, very soon. So it's, weird, it's like the exact going, opposite of last year where everything was late. Oh, it was so late. So it's all very early this year. So, um, anyway, we'll figure out our hotel issues here pretty quick. But, uh, if early bird hotel sales, um, in a nutshell is basically you can buy non-refundable guaranteed, um, not downtown. But in Mission Valley hotels, right, they're all on the the routes of the uh, shuttles. Yeah, and they're all about you know a twenty minute shuttle ride in and out. But yeah, again, it's way cheaper than downtown, and, and it's guaranteed. guaranteed. And but the sad part is it's it's uh, non refundable. Right. So, anyway, uh, I just had to throw that out there because um, I'm trying to figure out what we're doing <laughs> already in November. I feel like I was just at Comic Con. I know, right? Ridiculous. <laughs> Anyway, man, anything else? Are we done? No, I think we're done. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in to the usual podcast. If you have comments or questions, you can find us at theusualpodcast.com. Emails at theusualpodcast at gmail.com. And we're on Facebook, Google Plus, Pinterest, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube. I'm at Darth Pops on Twitter. And Will is at Amro Griggs. If you see us on the social medias, like us, share us, and tell your friends. Um, and, dude, if you want to support the show, a buck or two an episode, uh, patreon.com slash usual podcast. Um, like I said earlier, you can get, uh, blooper reels of the show, 
uh, trailer time, exclusive stuff, and we'll eventually send you socks and beer, which is always good. <laughs> yeah, and again, please do not forget the children. Please go to unholyalliance.org slash extra life and, and check that out and just throw a couple bones to the kids. Yeah, definitely do that. And audibletrial.com slash usual podcast, another way to support the show. If you don't have an audible and, uh, excuse me, an Amazon account already, um, definitely sign up for audibletrial.com slash usual podcast. And you can get a free audio book on us. Um, and there's some awesome books out there and it, we get 15 bucks whenever you do it. Yeah. And I, I, I would like to give a special shout out to Skeen because I do know for a fact that he donated to Extra Life for both of us. Skeen, you're amazing. You're, you're a great human being. Gentleman and a scholar. He's a better man than we are. He is a better man than both of us combined. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, we are going to take off. And uh, so, yeah, let's get out of here, buddy. Yeah, make sure you guys have a fun. Have fun. We'll see you all next week. Peace. <laughs>